0: Welcome back to the Believe in Vanderbilt Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag. Once again in the Music City, I'm your host Matt Perkins joined as always by Commodore legend NFL veteran Ryan Seymour. Ryan, how are we doing today?
1: Matt, I'm doing good, man. We were having a little chit-chat before we got on the show today. I think you and I are both in one of those moods today where we're not going to hold back. We're 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 pissed off about the mask mandate at the uh, Memorial Gym. Like, obviously, people are getting the vaccines. People are trying to get life back to normal. But here we are asking to put the, the muzzle back on to get into the dang basketball arena. I mean, we're, we're not happy. I, you know, the, I know we're not I'll, happy. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll be at the basketball game tonight. You know, like I said, like, I have season tickets to all the Vandy sports. I got season tickets to football. I got season tickets to basketball. I got season tickets to baseball. Love going to Vandy sports. You know, it, it, it's one of my favorite things to do in Nashville. Okay, I'm I'm, going to stay out of that right now. Focus on the football, focus on the field. We had a bye week this past week, which I think we all needed. We took a bye week on the podcast after the Missouri game. So as most of you guys know, we're presented by betonline.ag, and it's better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe 50 that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. We've got three weeks left in the season, Ryan. And we've got Kentucky this weekend, and then two away games at Ole Miss and at Tennessee. So let's look back. They've they've lost their last four games, obviously, which means you know they're now at zero and five in conference. And Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Tennessee are all going to be difficult to beat. But I guess where do you want to start, Ryan? Do you want to start looking back on Mizzou before we t- before we move forward and talk about what we want to see for the next uh, for, for the remaining three weeks of the season?
1: Yeah, I guess we can touch on Missouri a little bit because I, I think. Yeah, I think my uh, my expectations or what I'm hopeful for going into these next three games is, is cleaning up a lot of the subjects that I'm going to touch on here. And that is, you know, you mentioned we got t- three tough opponents. Do I – am I realistic about are we going to win those next three games? Um, I'll be realistic, and I would say our chances are probably slim. I'm not saying it's impossible, but um, pre- pretty slim. I would say all three of these, all three of these programs are, are playing – Pretty uh pretty good football right so now So according
0: obviously- to uh ESPN's uh, matchup predictor using their FPI, uh we have a six point four percent chance of beating Kentucky, a one point six percent chance of beating Ole Miss, Ole Miss. and a two point three percent chance of beating Tennessee. So yeah. Um yeah, not feeling okay. super Never hot. Mind.
1: it's it's freaking slim, dude. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's talk about Missouri a little bit. I'm going to start off with the fake field goal. What the fr- <laughs> I'm just going to come right out the gate. I, I have I, no I idea. One- okay, I have so no idea. Field goal. It's fourth and seven. There's 22 seconds left in the game. The ball is on the 35. Okay, um, the ball is in the left hash no timeouts let's let's remember no timeouts okay so and it's also a design run so if you watch the play develop the 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 long snapper flips it back to the kicker who then kind of runs out to the right and the tight end is supposed to block the end it's a design run on fourth and seven with no timeouts i I mean i I, again i kept reading back and forth i kept looking at all the facts here i'm like okay what's what 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 hash mark are they on here the left hash mark Okay. Like, how is he going to get all the way out of bounds on this? He's got a long ways on the left hash. Okay. What is the time left? There's 22 seconds left. Okay. If they even get the first down, how are they going to get the offense on the field in time to even get a playoff? Cause you have to remember the field goal units out there, you know, it's fourth and seven, they're running it. Why would they, why wouldn't they pass this as a designed run? I'm like, no timeouts. What the, what the frick are they thinking? You know, what are they doing? You know, I mean, I, 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 what, what's, what's your take on it, Matt? I mean, I'm like, what the? I just, I just don't understand. Like, what, what, what makes you think, you know, what makes them think that this was, this was a good idea?
0: I have no clue because that's also effectively like at least a seven point swing because Mizzou gets the touchdown with the last fifteen seconds left on the hail mary and 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 the right, first pass, and, right? There's that, and there's and that, so, side of it too. But on top of that, it's like, okay, you're, you're leading, right? It's 14 to, what is it? 14 to 10 at that point. It's 14 to 10 at that point. It's, you know what? Just either kick the field goal or, I don't know. A, just try to kick the field goal. Just like kick the field goal, go up by a touchdown, heading into halftime. Or if you're, if you're, if you're, if you really want to go for it, just run a damn offensive play. Like, what, that, that was, that was junk. It was absolute junk. As as far as far as a play call, like, why is why is why is he why is he running? Why aren't we throwing? Like, I just it was it made less than zero sense to me in so many different ways. It's at the like the balls at the 34. So that's a 51 yard field. goal. That's a
1: long field goal. But he has has the leg for it. He has has
0: to say he's got a pretty
1: decent leg. We've seen that. We've seen that in many occasions this year where he's, you know, early in the first two games where he knocked in those. I think it was like a 56 or 54 yeah. yarder.
0: Yeah, he did. I think um, it was 54. And he's got the leg for it. So just kick it. Right. Just kick take it Take the What's, points.
1: Take the points. Or like you said, or run a design offensive play. I mean or,
0: or if you're really concerned that he's, you know, he doesn't have the legs to get there, pooch punt or just punt put him in the corner, put him down, you
1: know. Yeah, take the delayed game and do the pooch punt or something yeah. or, you just know. Just do something.
0: something.
1: Right. Oh, it's just yeah. It's it's
0: overcompensating, like when you don't need to overcompensate, (laughs) and it's trying to get like, stop trying to be cute.
1: Well, that's what I'm. That's the that's the point I bring up every single week. I tweet, "Why are we going back to the rugby punts?" It's this like, it's this like cute style of play that Vanderbilt can like. They always turn to this crap where they try to be fancy. They put a freaking tackle in the slot and throw an interception against Florida, or they do a you know a fake field goal that made absolutely zero sense. You know, they're always just trying to be cute. They're doing the rugby punts. He was averaging 22 yards a punt. Like, come on, guys. Why does Vanderbilt feel like they have to be different? Um, you and I were talking about this week about another little minor detail, the reason why Vanderbilt has to be different, and people will call me crazy on this. But, again, it's just my, like, way of thinking. I talk, I texted you, I think it was two ago or maybe last night, about Clark Lee and the suit game. Again, this has nothing to do with Missouri, but – it, no, but it does relate to it does relate to the cuteness, yeah. you know, the cuteness that Vanderbilt, like the image, they're constantly trying to was with, 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 with still. Okay, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I, I was gonna say no. Actually, I think it does because I think I think it directly relates to the product that we're seeing on field. And Ryan, you've well, been around. Take,
1: well, I'll t- yeah, I'll explain. I guess yeah, to people please, who don't yeah, know go what ahead. I'm and, go ahead
0: and explain, and then. Yeah.
1: Okay, and so I was, I was, I was sitting on the couch last night, and I was going through and watching some of Randy's, Randy's press conferences, and I'm noticing to myself, I'm like. Why is Lee in a suit for every weekly press conference? You know, most of these coaches are wearing sweats and t-shirts and windbreakers. And, you know, you might see him in a suit in um, on like the first of the year as they're addressing, you know, for the 20, like for the 21, 21 season, uh, like why is Lee like in a suit every single week? So I'm like, let me see if I could find anybody else that wears a suit. Like maybe, maybe I'm just being harsh here. I looked up every sec coach. And I could not find a single coach that does a weekly press conference in a suit. Now, I found a few I found a few episodes on YouTube of guys wearing suits like for the first of the year, like media days, things like that, but not during a weekly press conference. The only time Lee's not in a suit is when it's the post game. is when he's usually in his like windbreakers and gear that he wore on the field for the game that day. And so I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, I know he doesn't wear a suit to the office every morning. Like I know he's wearing his like typical sweats and like his polo is what he probably usually wears. And then, because he's not wearing that to practice. And so what he would do is he would probably wear what he would wear to practice to to the office. And then when he does his press conference, he probably puts on his suits and then he probably takes the suit back off and then puts his, you know, clothes that he would wear to practice back on and goes about his day Well, I'm thinking like, I just don't know if why aren't any of the coaches doing this? And again, it's a really, really small detail, like even noticing that, like, but I kept thinking, like, why aren't other coaches doing this? And I'm thinking, well, it's because, you know, oh, I know it's why Vanderbilt tries to have this like perception of, you know, we're this prestigious university and that we're only going to look the best in like You know, again, I'm I'm trying to tie this back into this image that Vandy always has to have this like cuteness about them. Like, why do we have to be different? And then I started getting pissed off about it. I'm thinking, all right, it takes him 10 minutes to get ready for the press conference, takes him 10 minutes to get undressed and put his clothes back on. That's 20 minutes a week. That's five, you know, that's, you know, however many games we got, 12 games. That's, I don't know the math off the top of my head, but I'm sitting there thinking that's time taken away from when he could have been in a meeting, time taken away from game prep. And I was, I was texting you and I was like, when I was in Michigan and damn near every, every other NFL team I'd ever been a part of, when the coach has to be somewhere, the coach is literally sprinting from a team meeting or a position meeting or a staff meeting to go take care of whatever other business that's outside of studying football because that's what's not really important, you know, obviously doing press conferences Who cares about a stinking press conference, right? You know, and then these coaches are running back to get into these meetings. I remember when I was in Michigan, Harbaugh, literally all, he he had one assistant that would come into the room. He would not say anything. He would quietly come into the room. He would hold up his hands with a five to let coach know he had five minutes left. Then he would come back in and let him know with two minutes left, then he would come back in and wave his hand and Harbaugh would get up, run out the door Go do an interview. Go call a recruit. Call her parents, or meet with some administrator that he needed to meet with. And he was running back to get into the staff meeting to discuss what we were or to leave, you know, to basically catch up where we had left off, whatever we were talking about. I just thinking like Harbaugh would never take the time to go into his dressing room, put on a suit, get all made up, you know, get put his tie on, put his dress shoes on, to go. Walk down the hallway, do a press conference, come back into his dressing room, take his hang his jacket up, you know, put his his shoes back, you know, take his shoes off, blah, 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 and put his workout clothes back on. I, I'm just thinking like, man, like of course Vandy would do Vandy, Vanderbilt's head coach would wear a, would wear a suit during every the weekly press conference. Something that does not matter.
0: And you know? that goes directly to this idea that <laughs> style matters over substance with this regime, right? He wants to have this appearance that everything is is, is buttoned up and doing the things the right way. The way I look at coaches and evaluate what coaches do is I adhere to WWSD. What would Saban do? And if Nick Saban wouldn't do it, you know, probably not exactly the right way to go about things. I'm not saying he's perfect. But
1: he is. Well, yeah, I was. I was saying, he, why, he's, does, he's, why does Saban and Belichick look like absolute shit every time they do a press conference, man? They're yeah, there I, at five o'clock in the morning, wearing their you know wearing the outfit they're going to wear to practice because they don't have time to be changing outfits during the day. Like again, I know people might think like, oh my god, it only takes a few minutes to get ready, but like this is SEC football. We're talking about the difference between winning and losing. You know, like it, it is a very small difference and every little bit counts and every minute counts. And I was telling you when I was in Seattle, like literally Mike Solari or my online coach would make us sprint down the hallways after we broke from my team meeting, would go to, we'd go to individual meetings with the O-line. He would make us sprint down the hallway. This is NFL just so we could meet for like an extra 30 seconds. That's how important the time was with the players. That's how important it was Anytime we were in that building meeting about an opponent or, you know, breaking down film, whatever it was, just so we can have an extra 30 seconds. We're like, are you doing it? We have to run to this meeting. He would come in. All right, man. Hey, he, he had like an assistant, not like a GA in college. He had like an assistant. He'd be like, Hey, Danny, let's get it up. Let's go. Let's get it up. Get it up. Get it up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get it up. Get it up. And then we'd be boom. We'd go right into meetings.
0: Yeah. It shows that, you know, time is probably the most valuable commodity you have as a coach. Mm-hmm. And that's wasting 20 minutes for every press conference.
1: Right. If not more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Again, not not a maybe not it's, a huge deal to people, but no, it's just but, one but of No, but to me, it is that.
0: so indicative of the larger state of play. Like, you know, it was one of the things I text back to you. You know, the other school, obviously, I follow is Wisconsin. Paul Chris has never showed up to a... Uh, you know a, a press conference and anything besides either you typically a hoodie or just a sweat plain sweatshirt that's drenched in sweat half the time he has a oh, lip exactly. in it half the time he has a lip in and he doesn't care because he's just there to answer the questions be done with that as fast as possible and then get out so he can get back to coaching
1: I mean, I think that was like, I think that's pretty standard operations for most, you know, head coaches in the power, you know, in SEC or in any division one football. I think that's kind of standard practice. Again, I couldn't find, I could not find any other press conferences where the head coach was wearing a suit. Not even at like Ivy League schools are they doing that? So, but anyways, man, yeah, it's just, it's like this, it's just this weekly, weekly bullshit that we see from Vanderbilt running, running trick plays. Trying to be different, you know why? Why? Why can't we just do the same thing everybody else does? Obviously, it's it's working for Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. So, other than the fi- other than the fake field goal, let's let's kind of dive back into a little bit about yeah. How let's the game, get back into the game. It. So
0: i I, I want to talk the my biggest positive takeaway from this game was the run game, and you see when Mike Wright is in there at quarterback, he's able to do some things even without you know their top two backs in there you know davis has been out for a while now um mike wright obviously is fantastic in the open field when they get him the ball and he open
1: field open field open field open and I, field. yes and i will say something yes as far as execution wise now i went back and was watching you know some of the tape before we we got on the show today and i was actually a little disappointed in our run game believe it or not okay and now so it may look me like to the well, it may look like to the untrained eye, wow, we made some big, we made some big plays, but it's because we, it's because Missouri had missed tackles. It's not because we executed. It's not because there was a ten-foot hole for Mike to run through. Literally, what the big play that did, the draw, I guess he took off. I mean, it's because there was a missed tackle, or any time there was a big play that hit on the outside for ten or fifteen yards, it was because of a missed tackle. And, and that is, they're, they're running this like run option offense now, where basically Mike Wright is useless in the passing game. I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but he, 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 had a, he hit Chris Pearson, a nice connection one play, but Chris obviously went up and made it. He, he's a hell of a ball player. He goes up and makes something out of nothing. But, um, you know, when they've got Wright in the game, they basically just have a, an extra running back in there. And then they're doing this run option now where, um, you know, again, the only time I saw where it had success is where guys had missed tackles. I mean, when they're leaving these ends on block on the outside for the option, basically if the, if the DN comes up the field, he gives it, if not, he keeps it. Um, I I just, I I don't know, man. Um, I had a real big issue with the offense's execution. I was watching the offensive line play again. They had some big problems in the run game, especially in our outside zone with lack of communication. You know, obviously we think outside zone is their best is their best play, which is sad to say that, but, there was two instances where uh, they had they had failed to pick up a twist, and another time where they had failed to see a guy on the line of scrimmage where the deep with a tackle, um, the right tackle made an out call, and the right guard missed it, and then well, the, the defense well, the defensive end made, made the play.
0: That's one thing I want to mention. Delphine Castillo is now starting at right guard. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I I don't know if you know this So it's it's, it's it's we have a new right guard in there. So now. Since the opening game, we've got a new center and a new right guard.
1: That was was Cole. That was uh, Cole, right?
0: No, Clemens is still playing the left guard, but
1: um, and the Cox, Ben, our Cox was uh, the right guard. The right guard, yeah. Mm -hmm. And
0: so Castillo is now playing right guard. And Castillo is another young guy. I think he's a he's either true freshman Mm -hmm. or redshirt freshman. Don't remember off the top of my head. He, I thought he was he really struggled in pass blocking. He really struggled in pass blocking, especially he just he doesn't see stunts and twists.
1: Yeah, and he didn't see him in the and he didn't see him in the run game either. Um, you know, if you're gonna run the zone offense, you have to be able to block a zone, right? And well, I think he just either missed the calls from the tackle, or he wasn't sure what was going on. But um, uh, Ashmore had made an out call where he had blocked a, an outside. I think it was either the corner or the linebacker had come down the line of scrimmage. And, and he made an out call and um, the right guard missed it. And basically the, the, the defensive end made the play for a TFL for like five, for the loss of five yards. And um, I mean, dude, that is just such an easy pickup. I mean, literally the guy was showing it super early and it, it was clear that Ashmore made an out call there or whatever they call it. We used to call it a Momo call, man on man outside. And basically that just tells you that the end's going to come underneath. You're not going to have two guys in one gap. I mean, that's just basic football. So if the guys a, if the guy's a five technique and there's a guy outside of him, the five technique's going to come underneath and play a three. He's going to stunt inside. I mean, that's just basic shit. And the right guard didn't pick it up. He blocked the shade. And so you know, again, like the lack of communication. I even texted the O line coach after the game, and I was like, hey, like we need to have the tackles up in a in a two point stance because either they're not seeing it early enough or they're not seeing it all. There was another play where steen missed missed it as well there was a stacked linebacker over the five technique the corner was showing blitz they were stacked the corner was coming down and it was again obvious that dn was going to come underneath like the left guard could have easily picked it up but steen's looking down at the ball in a three-point stance and i'm like what is he looking at like what's a home game like what is he looking down the ball like you know um and so again i'm like this is like basic day one shit. Where man on man outside, the tackle has to alert the guard to come with him. He can't block with the center, which is what he was doing. they were blocking the the one or the shade. And again, the the defensive end made the freaking play, or actually he didn't steam, but took the end and washed him down. And the in the corner or linebacker that was playing on the edge made the tackle for a TFL. And so. I'm like watching this and I'm like, Oh my God, like, how are we messing this up? This is so basic shit. So I texted the online coach and I was like, Hey, you know, one thing I know that always would help us is when the tackles would be in the two point stance. And that be that way they can see the, they can see, see the field easier. You're supposed to see, ta- you know, you're supposed to see uh, safety rotation, looking at the linebackers, where they're positioned, are they stacked over the end? Like you can't really tell when you're in a three point stance, your, your head's almost buried. You're kind of looking down. You can't really see a whole lot. Your eyes are can, you can just kind of barely look up. But when you're in a two-point stance, your head is up. You can see everything, and it's a lot easier to alert the center. Hey, I've got a man outside over here. The center can't see you over there. He can't see if there's a if there's safety rotation or if there's a corner showing blitz. And so that's why the tackles have to be able to override the center because the center, um, Julie, you know, uh, Hernandez is um, – it's making the point for the mic and the guard is saying, Oh, okay, this is going to be a single right here. Instead, it should have been a Momo call or an out call, and brought the te- and brought the guard with him. And, you know, again, that's me, just, that's me just kind of technically breaking this offense down and like, and like picking up stuff like that, like I, I feel would help that offense. Uh, but they're just kind of failing to execute again. They're just failing to pick up the twist. They're not seeing, you know, they're not seeing basic, uh, stunts you know where they are not seeing corner blitz or like the guards missing it it's always like one guy f- up and i think we've talked about this in the past it's like all right whose turn is it to f- up kind of deal you know and so um that's my issue and obviously the freaking tight ends are trash i'm sorry but the, tr- the tight ends cannot pick cannot run block to save their freaking life um i don't know the tight ends' names again it's not a position i follow very often but like There was a play where they were supposed to block down on the three technique. And and fortunately, the three technique looped back underneath. And so he kind of took himself out of the play. But then the tight end just stood there like, oh, my guy's not here. What, What do I do? I'm like, block someone, man. Come on. Don't just like stand there. He was literally standing there looking around. I'm like, oh, my God. If I was in this tight end room meeting, this guy would be getting his ass chewed out. Like, what are we doing? And it seems, you know, and it's any time the tight end comes in motion and peels back to to hit the defensive end. I'm like, why are we doing this? They're literally, they're wrong arming the tight end and they're blowing this and they're blowing the plays up two yards in the backfield for a TFL every time. You know, like I said, the only time when guards pull, they're passing color. I saw Bruno. Bruno and I were texting. And he was like, dude, you never pass color when you're pulling. Like, let the next guy pick them up. You don't leave past one to go to one. Like, come on, guys. That's
0: high school stuff.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Go no, it's,
0: it, no, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it it's, we said, I mean, it's high school stuff. Like, that is, that those are, those are real basics. And so, yeah. I mean, how, I mean,
1: and then and then we got and then you know obviously the thing we're texting about is how do we not have a defensive end on on defense? We get into these three man rushes, like anytime it's third and four, or anytime it's like third and long, we get into these. We, we go to this like three man rush, and it's a it's ridiculous. Like I'm texting Bruno, I'm like, hey, how many defenses don't have a DN? He's like, none. I'm like, well, Vanderbilt, <laughs> v- Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt does it. <laughs> we have a three technique, a zero. In like a four eye I'm like, all they have all the tackles have to do is pin the three and it's a freaking five yard pickup and they do it all the freaking time. I literally watch offenses pick us apart on the edges. From game one, we're like we're weak on the outside, we're weak on the edges. Why? And obviously, as we started breaking down film and started watching more and more tape, I'm like, dude, what are our, what kind of what kind of front are we lined up in?
0: Well, and I think at this point, I think that. Davion Davis is exhausted. I think he's exhausted. Oh my God. No kidding. He's, the poor
1: guy can't carry the
0: another ten guys. He's the only defensive lineman worth his salt at this point. And he like, How many
1: sacks does how many sacks does Vanderbilt have for the year? I'm i I'm guessing it's less than five. Let me
0: I'll uh, if you give me a second, yeah. I can pull if you give me a second, I can pull it up.
1: Why why are you looking that up? I just don't understand why Vanderbilt's like go to now is to rush three they did it against Carolina obviously didn't work they marched down the field picked us apart ended up winning the game at the end of the game we're getting zero pass rush up front instead of like getting pressure on the quarterback instead they're dropping an extra man and trying to get you know extra coverage out there still not working guys aren't on the same page but they're doing this front where they bring the DN into a three they have like a zero like a 4i. And I saw three different instances, three different plays where the tackle, all he had to do was step down, pin the three, and the, and the, and the QB hands it off to the running back, and they get a five-yard pickup, or even longer sometimes. There was another time where Vandy, same thing, lined up with like a three or even like a two-eye on the left side, and the linebacker was supposed to fit down at the five, but he was late, and the tackle went up, pinned him inside, the guard pin the shade because all you have to do is step down. You're literally pinning a shade at guard and the left tackle took one step up, pin, pin the, uh, the linebacker that was coming downhill. And it was like a 15 yard pickup. And I'm like, guys, what, what are we, it's like, I don't even, I get, I get heated and worked up about some of this stuff. And I, obviously I text you Bruno and Chris during these games, but again, it's just like, this is basic football, man. Like, why do we have to be different? Why do we have to be in this weird front? Why don't we have two defensive ends? Like, we have zero defensive ends. Like, what?
0: Well, we have seven sacks in nine games. <laughs> the person with the most sacks on the team is Jalen Mahoney, who is a cornerback, and he has two.
1: Okay. All righty. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Jalen Mahoney,
0: as blitzing <laughs> off the corner... Has two sacks. The rest of the team... The rest of the team has five. In nine games, we've got... The only other players with sacks are... uh, Anthony Orgy, linebacker, has one sack. Michael Owusu, linebacker, half a sack. Davion Davis, talked about him. He has one and a half sacks. Lorenzo, Lorenzo Sergers, who is a bit player, has one sack. Braden DeVault Smith, bit player at linebacker, has one sack, and that's it. And that's it. Seven sacks in nine games, and the most sacks you have comes from a cornerback.
1: So is it because we lack talent, or is you know something going on with like Javon Hay? Like I mean, obviously. No, I
0: no I I'm not going to put the blame on Hay because I the blame has to go to the overall scheme. Because they're not, because the right. way that they're aligning them, I don't think Javon has the, I, I don't know if he has the authority, maybe he has
1: the authority or pull. I was going to say to obviously yeah. maybe run some of the stunts that he wants to run because I know he damn sure wasn't running this front against when he was with the Titans. You no. know, like, how, man, we're not, we're not getting any push up front. We're not getting any sacks because they keep going to this three man rush and you can't set up you can't set up picks, you can't set up stunts to get sacks. Like that's how you get sacks. You run stunts to the man side, to the non-sliding side and you pick apart the guard and the tackle. You get them on different levels. You get the freaking 3 to pick the tackle and then any the loops underneath, okay? And the guard is, has his shoulders turned because the because the 3 is picking off the tackle or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the defensive end blows up the guard, okay? And the 3 wraps around. Yep. Like we're not doing that. Every team in America is doing that, and it works. It works. It works. It works. When you get the guys on different levels, it is impossible to pick up a twist game. Because Instead, what p- is, we're the- rushing three guys, and you can't get a pick. No one's getting picked. It's one guy trying to rush man on man, and it's got t- t- they're freaking licking their chops. Each guy has got two guys blocking them.
0: Yeah, and on top of that, you know, they're not. It's not like they're bringing pressure from. The linebacker level either right You they're not and and so when you drop eight guys into coverage that's nice but even with eight guys in coverage you can't cover for eight seconds that's impossible no one can cover everyone's gonna get you every team is gonna get people open if they have that long to throw
1: yeah exactly man i mean when you're not getting any push up front you know, you're getting like, I mean, to your point, I'm just agreeing with everything you're saying. The quarterback has all day to sit back there and obviously wait for someone to get open because you can't, you know, someone is going to get away from somebody. They're going to come back towards the ball. Basically, you know, you're obviously your DBs are back pedaling. and then all the receiver has to do is take a few steps up and they're wide open, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's really hurting us obviously on defense. Like if we can't get pressure on the quarterback, it's good. They're just going to pick us apart. And, you know, that's in the, that's in the passing game. And then we, same thing in the rushing game, we're in these kind of like odd fronts, the, you could say where the tackles are literally having a field day. Like if I'm the tackle and I'm like going in a film and they line up in this and I'm like, all I, all the quarterback has to do is make an alert. Like, you know, obviously I'm sure teams are going into the, going into the, uh, to the games where, Hey, when Vanderbilt lines up like this in third and four, we're going to make a, blah 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 call and we're going to turn it into a run and we're just going to pick the 3. What are they what are they thinking?
0: <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't I don't even know if they are thinking. I don't even know if they are thinking. So let's spin it forward. They they're not going to win these last 3 games. We know they're not going to la- win these last 3 games. What are you lo- what would progress look like for you in the last 3 games? Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. What would progress look like for you what do you want to see
1: well fortunately we've we've we, we have not uh had that many penalties as far this this year right we're, we're actually been pretty good at uh eliminating a lot of offensive penalties so i would say you know that's not an area that we need to clean up um you know from an offense offensive perspective i know we're not going to see it but obviously we would love to have other options than just a run game with mike Wright. i'm not saying we need another quarterback I'm just saying that we don't want to see the continuous bailing out every time we get some sort of pressure from Mike Wright to want to peel out and try to turn it into an immediate run instead of trying to stay in the pocket and step up and make something, uh, you know, make something happen here. Um, Do I think we're going to see that? I don't think we're going to see that. You know, so that was my, like, that was my first, like first initial, uh, like concern was, is that when Mike writes in the game, all we have is, is one show. He's a one show pony where he just runs. So um, I wish I would see more. I wish I would see more finesse from him in the pocket and that's him stepping up and trying to actually connect to make some throws uh, from a rushing get, you know, from, from a rushing standpoint, again, the offensive line needs to get on the same page. You know, I know we have a new right guard in there and we can't expect him to pick up every single call. I know when it was my freshman year and I've, I, I got put in, I think my first start was against Florida. Then I, I mean, I played against Georgia UT as a freshman. I mean, I know I wasn't in there, you know, listening to what my tackles were saying. I'm literally just thinking, oh my God, I hope I don't get destroyed by the guy in front of me, you know? And and so, but as you get more experience and you become, you know, become more confident in what you're doing, then you can actually think quickly and react quickly rather than, you know, being nervous Nelly out there. So I like to see better communication from the offensive line. Again, we need to clean things up as far as our zone blocking. Again, we missed. I saw we missed three uh, twist pickups from a rushing perspective, where we could have we could have passed those off from a right guard and tackle standpoint. The backside's doing fine. Everyone seems to be cutting off the backside three. Steen does a really good job of cutting off that backside three, and actually. Pancaking some guys on the backside, which I really like, but again, front side zone blocking—we got—we got to clean that up. We got to be able to see uh, corner blitz. We got to be able to see that the the, uh, the linebacker rotation—if they stacked over the five or if the safety's down. So, like, I think hopefully, Coach Blazek takes my text messages, you know, and uh, does something with what I told him. Maybe we can get the tackles in a two-point stance this week and zone blocking. That way, they can see it and hopefully alert quicker. Um. Also, um, you know, tight ends have got to pick it up. Tight ends have got to pick it up from just knowing what's going on, especially in a rushing from a rushing perspective. Obviously, they're not doing anything in the passing game. Zero in the passing game. Nothing. So that so if they're <laughs> if they're gonna be even on the field, let's have them at least try to get better in the run game. And um, our tight ends just have combined. Be- our,
0: our tight ends have combined for nine catches for 92 yards this season
1: okay that's one um, catch
0: per game from the tight ends
1: yeah damn and <laughs> probably some zero you know probably a couple of those were like maybe two in one game <laughs>
0: oh yeah for sure <laughs> Gavin Schoenwald has one uh has one touchdown so yeah
1: there, there's um, that um yeah and was that in this last game I think it was I think so yeah um, uh, but anyways, it
0: works, but I think it was, but,
1: um, God, we got to see yeah. better. We got to see better execution from them in the passing and the running game. They need to spend since they're since they're irrelevant in the run in, in passing, they should spend the entire individual periods. When you, you kind of break practice down, you have like uh, team stretch. Then you usually go in like special teams early. Then you go into individual for like the first, like six or seven periods then you end it with team. And then usually maybe end it, like end it, end it with like special teams again, like field goal or something. The tight ends need to spend the entire individual with the offensive line, working with the tackles, working on combination blocks, working on, you know, Hey, if this three loops out, okay, who do I work to next? Like, Oh, I keep going. And I take the linebacker that's folding over. Wow. What a concept. (laughs) Like, you know, um, they need to spend a lot more times working with the tackles. Um, Okay, that's that's what I hope to see from the offense. I mean, the receivers, God bless those guys. They're 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 just out there running routes, man. Those poor bastards. I mean,
0: Chris Pierce is <laughs> Chris Pierce is my MVP for this team,
1: dude. I freaking well, yeah. I mean, I freaking love Chris because dude's a dude's a playmaker and he's out there. I mean, can you imagine how frustrating, you know, it must be for Chris Pierce well, out there? The
0: thing that I, you know how you, you know, one of your favorite phrases that I'm the guy don't lie, right? You know, I go back to looking it. You at you are these, what you
1: put on tape. You are what you put on tape. You know what? Tape.
0: Chris Chris Pierce puts 110% on tape on every single snap. He, if 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 it's a run play, he is run blocking his ass off. You know, and if it's if it's a pass play, even if he knows it's not going to him, he's running and selling his route. And mm-hmm. he is he's is for me the MVP by a lot on this team.
1: Yeah, man. I'm with you. I I'm absolutely with you. The guy has got Got uh, a lot of grit, yeah. You know,
0: you know, it, this um, is, this, this, I, that's going to take him a long way. That's going to take him a long way because people are going to notice that.
1: They they absolutely will. He'll, he'll get an opportunity. He'll have his pro day. He'll he'll have a shot he's going to have good measurables up.
0: too. He's going to have really yeah, good yeah. measurables. He'll,
1: he'll get picked program. up. He'll make it to a training camp. You know, he'll get his time to shine. I mean, hopefully, you know, ho- hopefully his lack of, I guess you could say, like an accurate quarterback doesn't hurt him you know, trusting that the ball is going to be there. I guess you could say like, you know, as a, as if I'm a receiver and I have an inaccurate quarterback or I don't ever expect the ball. And then I go into a, uh, a league where it is like 90% passing, you know, he has to be able to trust that the ball's going to be there, mm-hmm. you know? So, but he, he's going to do good. He, he'll make it on the next level, but uh, you Let's know, what about do we defense. expect? Defense. Defense, yeah. What, what do we expect to see in these next three weeks? Well, not exactly, what I mean, do you want
0: to see? Because what I expect is is, right. is more rush three drop eight expect, and not do yeah. anything. So, <laughs> what do I want to see? I want to see, I, I want to see some some stunts, some twists, and some some just some different concepts on third and medium and third and long, like you've been talking about. I want, I, I if I I don't want them to see to lining up with the three guys like he's so like a nose, a three and a four eye, and just try, them trying to bull rush because it's not going to work. Mm-mm. It hasn't worked. No. It's not going to work. I want them. No, to we sto- don't have
1: any, we don't have any Georgia 380 pounds, six foot six D lineman out there. That's going to bull rush. And it's or we don't have,
0: balls. or we don't have that guy who's six five two eighty 280 and runs like a four or five, like a miles Garrett. Right. No. You know? And so, I don't know. So, so I want to see, you know, in the, I, I will talk about what they
1: have to. That's why they have to run twist, Matt. That, you just made a good point right there. They do not have those guys. That's why you have to run games because you're not going to just one-on-one beat these beat these SEC offensive lines. Mm-hmm. You're not going to beat UT or Kentucky's O-line one-on-one. Never. Okay? Well, definitely oh, definitely not stunts. Kentucky. Have you seen Kentucky's no. offensive line? You They're have phenomenal. To run picks. You They're have phenomenal. to basically rush you have to get them set up to the man side, and we call the man side basically that's the Side of the offense that is not in the slide protection, which means the center's not coming with them. Okay, we have to get it set up to where we're rushing stunts to the man side in pass game, so where we can either run an ET or a uh, you know or a, or a ET or a TE, I guess you could say, um, or even a freaking NT or something, where you're getting guys on different levels. We're not seeing that. It's obviously affected us in our in our sacks numbers i mean we that's just pitiful so what would we like to see can we please get four guys rushing the quarterback on third and four and can we please run some stunts up front to try to get these guys on a different level so we can get some sacks like how hard is that to ask dude uh
0: apparently harder than we want it to be no kidding (laughs) harder than we want it to be and just our as a team like i said we have seven sacks um as a we have seven sacks as a team and uh that is dead last in the country tied with it's, South what, it's, it's what it's dead last in the country
1: oh uh, i thought i thought you said dead last but i wasn't sure no dead
0: last in, yeah dead last <laughs> in the country seven sacks um oh my
1: gosh dude and how does the whole defensive staff just not get absolutely canned at the end of the year I mean I Lee's supposed to be a defensive coach. I mean, again, I keep going back and forth to, oh my god! Again, I know we're kind of wrapping up here in a little bit, but man, I keep seeing Lee and I keep seeing Mason 2.0. Am Which I is, wrong?
0: No, you're not wrong. It's the they they, <laughs> they What gets me is like uh, I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but they have the same affect. I know. It drives me oh nuts. Oh my goodness! It drives me yeah. nuts. It just drives me absolutely nuts. I hate like I hate the fact. That when I sit in the stands, I have more passion and I have more vitriol and I seem like, I feel like I have more emotion invested than, than pretty much every coach on the sideline and definitely more than coach Lee.
1: Well, it, it really is upsetting that, um, I have this feeling that this coaching staff is just thinking to themselves, okay, if we could just get through year one. Okay. And get to year two. Right. We'll have more time to work with these players. We'll have more time to kind of develop, you know, the offense and the defense. And, um, that to me is what's bullshit. You don't just, okay. If we could just get through this year, like that is what everyone on the Twitter keeps saying. It keeps pissing me off is like, you got to give him time, give him time, guys. He's only been here 10 games or nine games. How can you expect him? He's only been here nine games. And I'm like, you guys are the problem. Like. This mentality of, Hey, um, we're going to get them next year. It's the same mentality as if I'm a player. Oh, coach, I'll get them next time. And what do I keep saying? You are what you put on tape and you are what you put on film. And that's what drives me up a freaking wall about what we're seeing in 2021. What the do you think is going to happen in 2022? Like, You think you're just going to take a magic pill and everything? Oh, oh, we're going to change some stuff around next year. It's because we don't have any players. Like, we're seeing lack of basic fundamentals. These guys aren't brain dead. They're Vanderbilt athletes. Their guys are smart. Like, you think think as a collective unit, like, Alabama players are smarter than the collective unit of Vanderbilt players? Are you freaking kidding me? So you're telling me that guys don't know how to, you know – communicate on the offensive line and and read defenses you think that you think Vanderbilt knows how to read a defense better than Alabama because they're smarter than them no it's just because they're coached a certain way and they're coached to look for things if you don't know what to look for or you know you don't practice it then you're never going to execute it in a game
0: Nope,
1: not a chance so what the hell makes me people think that they're going to get it together next year. I mean, I'm so critical again. I was kind of checked out of Lee after like week three. I mean, hell after even week one, after losing the freaking ETSU and I'm like, Holy shit guys. I mean, what have we been doing all off season? (laughs) um, And people get mad at me. They're like, Oh man, what do you expect Ryan? Like, come on, man, give the guy a chance. I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I expect I, I effort.
0: Just, uh, I expect effort, and I, I, you know, you can.
1: Yeah, again, I guess that's kind of why I, expect why effort I got, got and on the I subject. Don't effort. See effort. effort. Yeah, that, I, don't that, see I guess that's effort. why I started talking about it is because I was thinking the mentality I feel like the staff has is, oh, we're just going to get to, we're just, let's just get to next year and we're going to be better. That is bullshit because you're giving up on these guys. You're giving up on this team. I think if you're a senior, like, oh, well, I was on the, st- I was on, Vanderbilt, the year that uh, it was a what do keep what do people in the stand not, not the stand what do people in the uh, the press boxes keep saying this is a building year for Vandy who the hell wants to be part of a building year you want to be part of a winning team yeah that's such a cop out man that's such yes. a cop out to say this is hey th- you know what we're not gonna let any you know obviously I you know Lee's press conferences every week are. You know, we're going we're gonna to keep our mindset and focus on uh, on what we keep saying and that we're going to change our identity, right? We're, we're focusing on Vanderbilt's identity. Identity of losing every game? Like, what are you talking about?
0: That is their identity
1: right now is losing SEC games. Like, I want to see – again, I know we're not going to. I know we're not going to, but, you know, because you're talking about passion. I want to see Lee walk in there and throw a freaking headset. Come in there and throw a freaking table! Get pissed off. I mean, we've been like, saying this from the beginning. Like, Show
0: me that you care. Show me that you yeah. care, because I don't believe that you do.
1: I don't. I don't either. I don't either, man. And uh, this is this is just a we're, we're broken records, Matt. Yeah. We're broken records every single week talking about the same exact you know same exact shit every week. We're not seeing well, any. We're not seeing any passion. We're seeing the same mistakes. We're not executing. Vanderbilt's making us wear masks to basketball games.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of that, I I, I hope Jerry Stackhouse shows a little bit more passion on the sidelines than Coach Lee does.
1: No Um, kidding.
0: But uh, I'm off to the game right now, so we're going to wrap it up. And even if we are broken record, Ryan... I'd rather be a broken record. I'd rather be a broken record with you because uh, it's always fun to hang out with you, even if we it's just. You too, Matt. Even if
1: it is just. You too, Matt. I think you, at least you listen to my concerns and listen to what I have to say, Matt, every single week. So at least I got. Some, you get to listen to me audience. rant
0: about shit too, so it it yeah. works out. It works out. So you know what? We're we're still gonna end it like we always do. So until next time, anchor down.
1: Anchor down, Matt. Man, have a good have a good time with the game, buddy.